So, three persons murdered. First, Peter Van Garrett and his son, Dirk Van Garrett. Both of them strong, capable men, found together, decapitated. One week later, the widow Winship, also decapitated. Now, I will need to ask you many questions, but first, let me ask, is anyone suspected? <laughs> How much of your superiors explained to you, Constable? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads found severed from their bodies. Mm. Their heads were not found severed. Their heads were not found at all. The heads are gone? Taken. Taken by the headless horseman. Everybody, welcome. My name is Matt. I'm here with Andrew today. We're going to be talking about Sleepy Hollow, Burton's masterful retelling of the classic tale, why the horseman needs more cowbell, and discuss our favorite Johnny Depp movies. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces, and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. Hey, uh, who, who else would be better to direct this than Tim Burton? Wes Craven. That would be interesting. It'd be too much horror, though. I think. Well, you know, you're talking about a headless horseman here. Yeah, but I mean, with a story like this, you kind of want it to be have horrific elements, but not necessarily. But not necessarily like a, a horror movie. But it's got demonic elements. I mean, you know, that's what's good about Wes Craven. He can do stuff like that, you know, like do the demonic elements. Yeah, I mean, this is a horror movie, but it's for some reason, just because I've always seen it here done by Burton, it... It's it just never seemed like an actual horror movie. It It, it was also didn't seem like a, a real... Like a real Tim Burton film, though. I mean, there was aspects of it that were, but I felt like it wasn't like a... Like a through and through Tim Burton type style movie, you know, where there's a little bit of comedy in the horror. You know what I mean? There wasn't really that much comedy in this film. Where, you know, Edward Scissorhands, you get a little bit of comedy. You know, um, Beetlejuice, you get a little bit of com- you get a lot more comedy than yeah. than most. But you know, all these movies that he's done, you know, you get a little bit of comedy. But this one, there's really not that much comedy. There's a lot of darkness to it. You know, there's comedy in there's comedy in the subtlety. Yeah, of the movie, you know, it's very subtle, but it's it's not outright. But we talked about it last time, you know. Uh, Tim Burton thinks that horror movies are funny, so he naturally yeah. like injects that humor into like an Edward Scissorhands, a Beetlejuice, or whatever his type of horror. It so I mean, while it's not like jokey and lots of stuff like that, um, I, I still think that there's. I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't make it full on horror to me. And I think that you were saying, well, it didn't feel like his. I think that's because, first of all, it's somebody else's story. Yeah. Which he's directed other people's stories before. But I mean, this is a Done classic story that he had yeah. to kind of honor. Now, there's a lot about it that changed. Yeah. But, um, anyways, we can get into it. 
Uh, I thought that's what we were doing. Yeah, buddy. But before we get into it, <laughs> uh-huh. because this stars Johnny Depp, uh, we decided to do a, a top ten list of our favorite Johnny Depp performances. Now, this is not a list of saying that these are, you know, great movies or or saying anything about the movies in particular, but just the uh, the performance are. The performance done by Johnny Depp. Yeah, some of these movies are, are great movies. Oh, yeah. Some you of know, them are great. Are spectacular. But, you know, we're more focusing on his performance in the movie. So, anyways, it's to get fault. in this top ten, um, Johnny Depp's, you know, part of our childhood, part of our, our our adulthood, and, you know, been in all these different movies. So, he's part of our adulthood. He's, he's, he's got a great, a great uh, career. And we hope to see more of him. Hope to. He's got a great face. Hope to Everybody have. He likes his face. Yeah, and hope to have him out of the dog crap nonsense he's going through right now, so he can get back to working and and you know making everybody have a, a fun time at the movies. Which is be crazy. Which is be crazy. Which is be crazy. As, as we get into this movie, exactly. Which is be crazy. And then he called her a witch, and she got all offended. <laughs> he's like, "You've bewitched me." Why? Why would you think that? But you know, do you do you think was that a saying back then? Like, like he was trying to be romantic about it because you've bewitched me, and it's like, well, yeah, but you know, they were really hardcore about their witches back then, and and you know, who would be burned at the stake and everything? I mean, you, you have he to. He has imagine. a tendency to like in this film, he's really not good at anything. Like, I mean, he's good at detective work, but that's about it. Like, he's not good at talking to girls. He's not good at talking to other men. No. He's not good at... He's uh, a wreck. Yeah, yeah, handling any kind of stressful situation. The guy faints, you know, just almost as much as Christina Ricci did in this film. Yeah, but I was just making the point that, you know, it's it's a cute little thing to say you've bewitched me. But I don't know if that term bewitched was a term that was used back then because anything about witches was very serious. True. I know earlier than this is when they would be kind of burned at the stake and stuff, but yeah, this is when it was like cult religion type stuff. Yeah, you know I mean? where, where it wasn't even like about God anymore; it was just about persecuting other people, right? And you know, we know that there's a lot of occult type stuff in this movie. Yeah, um, and you know, we discuss things that are within this world, the movie world's universe. Yeah, we don't take any of this seriously outside of this movie. We are just discussing it for the movie's sake. That's yeah. that's for all and, the Christians out there. You know, iron. Ironically speaking, here on this, with. I think what the whole witch trials and things like that, I think it was, and you know, you won't hear me say stuff like this a lot, but Mm -hmm. I think it was just a way for men to justify cheating on their spouses and the, and and this and that, you know, like blaming witches for Mm -hmm. witchcraft because, you know, either they lust after these women and they don't give them the time of day or that they have slept with these women and, you know, they were married. So I think it was just kind of a way from the men back then to cover up their lust and desires you know yeah but it was hard to prove i mean they they had to figure out a way to prove it right how do you know she is a witch she looks like one bring her forward i'm not a witch i'm not a witch but you are dressed as one they dressed me up like this and this isn't my nose it's a false one well well, we did do the nose. The nose? And the hat. But she is a witch. Basically, uh, ducks, ha- uh, if a woman weighs the same as a duck, 
<laughs> so, logically, if she weighs the same as a duck, she's made of wood. And therefore... A witch! A witch! Oh, a witch, right? Oh, my. Because ducks float. Okay. And what else floats? Poop. Wood. Poop does too. <laughs> Dude, we should do Monty Python. <laughs> I, I think I think what we should do is we be like we should be like, today we're doing Monty Python. This is a great movie, right? Yeah, it's a great movie. And then we just let the whole thing play for the rest of it, and then you just hear an audio recording of Monty Python. Yeah, I, I want to play a recording of that that one joke where the he says, "Hey, what's your name?" <laughs> Wait, which one? The one where he goes, "What's your name?" And he says something like, "Greg." Well, it's you, Greg. <laughs> I don't remember that. Hey, what's your name? Where is this from? I don't. I don't. I swear it was like a Monty Python thing. I don't but think then, so. but then, then he said. Well, after he says, "Well, f you, Greg," he says, "Hey." He's like, "What? What's your name?" Dan. F you, Dan. <laughs> it just goes back and forth, and it's just it's so hilarious. That sounds and like I, one of those. It feels uh, like a Monty Python and. And but I've seen it on TikTok and, th- and social media. It sounds and stuff. like one of those Ozman things, you know, the Ozman commentary. Yeah, yes. Okay, Dokely, here we have an Asian giant hornet, ah, also known as Vespa matarinia. But because a living one has been found in America, and Americans are bloody good at marketing, it's now rebranded as a murder hornet. What a bastard. Yeah, nah, seriously, they are fair dinkum wankers. They mostly bully bees. A survey conducted in Japan found that 85% of bees reckoned they were absolutely fucking fed up with murder hornets. <laughs> Those are so funny. If you if you guys... <laughs> there's a little bit of language and everything, but if you guys want to watch something you know hilarious, it's absolutely awesome commentary. Her- uh, hilarious. What? Harry. Uh... Hilarious is What's Harry hilarious? L- Letter Kenny. Uh, have you ever seen that the the that stuff from uh, uh, Canada? Those guys from Canada, they're kind of like rednecks in Canada type mm-hmm. thing. You've never seen Letter Kenny? No. Oh my gosh, so I've never hilarious. even heard of it. I don't think the, these dudes are just. So, I mean, so I actually, pan, I think I have heard straight of it, pan. But I don't humor. know what it is. Oh man, we got. Oh wait, no, is that the one that does the? Uh, oh, that's the one that that just came out with that um, that song, right? The uh, about Kitty, the the cats and stuff. There once was a cat with a hungry belly. The name of the cat was Whiskers Jelly. His throat was dry and his bow was bare. Meow, me furry cats, meow. Soon may the kitty men come with birds and mice and some tasty nums. One day when the craters come, we'll eat till our bellies are full. Or is that Trailer Park Boys? It might be Trailer Park Boys. That's probably Trailer Park yeah. Boys. Anyways, I know that's you. Canadian. I'll have to show you. Okay. Uh, but getting into our Johnny Depp list, uh, I know for whatever reason, even though every top 10 in the history of the world has always gone from 10 to 1, you don't like it. No. We got to go from 10 to 1 because you leave your your number 1 as a surprise. like Mine number 1. I mean, in contest, they go 3, 2, 1, 2. You know, third, you, you get bronze medal first, you know, We're silver, and then gold. Here. Right. We're not in a contest. What do you got for number sir. 10? Top 10 favorite Johnny Depp performances nightmare on elm street and the only reason it made my list was i mean his performance wasn't outstanding in the film Mm -hmm. you know but it was just the fact was it's like the first first we see of johnny depp basically i have glenn in nightmare as my number eight okay 
Um, just because, and you're going to be surprised about the two that it beats out. But um, I have Glenn in Nightmare just because, and I had it that high at number eight. I say high, it shouldn't even probably be on the list. But yeah. he doesn't do anything special. But like you said, that introduced the world to Johnny Depp. Yeah. Now, it was nothing like Edward Scissorhands that really launched him into stardom. But it was, that you know, hurt. that might have hurt to launch him. Yeah. You know, he had Edwards, you know, he had Nightmare on Elm Street. He came out and then, you know, he did a few things here and there. Nothing crazy. Cry baby you know, it was Cry Baby. Crazy. It was 21 Jump Street. You know, these different little things here and there. And then suddenly, you know, he did Edward Scissorhands and blew up. But, you know, for the for the first time, I thought he did pretty good. And he has one of the most iconic deaths in all of Nightmare Freddy history is him getting pulled into the bed and that blood coming out and shooting up on the ceiling is one of the most famous imageries uh, associated with Freddy Krueger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, number eight, yeah, that was uh, that was really good. I, I enjoyed that. That's a good number 10, I think. I, I'm glad that we both have it on the list. Um, I have Donnie Brasco as my number 10. Okay. Um, I think he did great in that movie. He did. He did a very good job, and it's very anti-Johnny Depp because it's not quirky. It's a more serious role. Um, yeah. So that's interesting to see. It's, uh, I didn't put Gilbert Grape on my list because, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio was the star oh, yeah, I of didn't that. Either. I didn't either. And he was just, but he was still playing against type. But yeah. I just think in Donnie Brasco, he's playing against type, but he's actually, you know, he, he does pretty good when he's taking his role seriously. Yeah. He's playing yeah. a real person. Um, Al Pacino though you know stole that movie right right, right. so uh, as as al pacino tends to yeah. do uh you know the devil's advocate uh heat whatever it may be you know yeah. he, he's gonna steal movies so right. uh but you know donnie brasco uh it's a great story and and uh, i think johnny depp did a good job in that one what was your number nine my number nine was the ninth gate the Ninth Gate. I I saw that one. I don't have it on my list. Because that's a remake, right? I mean, this version of the Ninth Gate. Is, yeah, is a remake I, from I an older movie. I think so. The Ninth Gate. I don't. Re I don't actually remember what it was about. I remember it, and I remember it coming out. It came out around the same time as like From Hell with yeah Heather. Um, but it was again. What's her name? What? Uh, <laughs> Heather Graham. Graham. That's right. I was thinking Austin Powers. I was thinking. Uh, uh, from Boogie Nights, uh, no Freddy Krueger. Oh yeah, yeah. Heather Langenkamp. Yeah, Langenkamp. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and also the Astronaut's Wife with Charlize Theron. Yeah. Those all came out, I think, around the same time. Yeah, but, but that was so against his personality. Ninth Gate was, like. that, was that like a horror movie, Supernatural, yeah. like the yeah. Gate to Hell or something like yeah. that. And he's kind of like a book dealer. Oh okay, you know, and uh, he scams people. Not a book but, writer, like in no, Secret Window. No, no, yeah, so. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch that. Maybe we'll, maybe it's something that we can do. Maybe it's we can invite good. the Horn Heels ladies on to talk yeah. about it because okay. I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. I know what it is, and I know it was big, and it's one. I yeah. think it's one of the posters because remember when we were younger and you were a teenager, you just had movie posters all covering yeah. every bit of your My wall, ceiling, your everything. ceiling, and you get them from the movie store, and you used to work in the movie store, and uh, I think ninth gate was one of the posters you had i remember the re replacement killers yeah oh yeah. yeah i remember that being on your ceiling oh yeah absolutely stuff like that so i'd go to the video store and get all the posters that was your uh but nice gate that was your number nine correct my number nine is fear and loathing 
Yeah, that's a lot higher up. On yeah, list. and I, I figured. It's one of my favorite movies. I figured. Now, I put it on the list, but it's not really a movie I go to watch. I get it. It's great. It's a good tribute to, uh, you know, uh, Thompson and everything um, who Johnny Depp actually knew. But I, I don't know. I just, it's not a movie I go to. You know, and, yeah. and but he does a great job. He has a great oh. performance in it. Him well, and um, Benicio, Benicio del Toro. Even Tobey Maguire. Oh yeah. I but, mean, just like the way that his yeah. makeup is and his hair and everything. But Benicio, that the problem. That's one of those movies where you don't know which one is the best actor between Benicio del Toro and Johnny Depp in this film. Both of them were just outstanding. It's it's really really hard to say which one was the better actor in the film. Okay, and we can talk about it more when it's when we get to it on your list or whatever. But yeah, uh, Fear and Loathing. I like I said, it's not really one I go to, but I had to put it on there because one, he does an amazing and it's job in it. It's so iconic. Yeah, uh, him linked with it, and uh, also I like uh, Avenged Sevenfold and you know their song Backcountry. They pay tribute to that movie and everything. So what's your number eight? My number eight is him as the Mad Hatter in the Alice movies. Mad Hatter. He did. I think he did a very unique job. Yeah. I don't know if it was good. Uh, you know, a lot of yeah. people say it's not good or not. It's like, well, it's 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 it goes with that movie. You know? And it's it's very very much like his character portrayal of Willy Wonka. Yeah. It's very weird, and I liked it. Like he plays weird very well. Yeah. You know, like in a couple of movies I'm about to get to here in a little while on my list, but mm-hmm. uh, he plays very weird, very well. Yeah. You know, that's the best way you can uh, describe Johnny Depp. He plays very weird, very well. And he found a perfect director to correct, to collaborate the with king multiple of times. The king is, of weird. Yeah. The king of quote unquote weird. However you want to say weird right. nowadays, just uh, abnormal, I guess, abnormal. whatever. Well, you can't say that either. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, uh, straight up logical definition you know you have normal and abnormal normal is what's considered average and but the the hardest part is the whole word logical yeah i know a lot of people have problems with logical nowadays they just want to say yeah that doesn't sound right so i'm gonna be offended (laughs) uh my number eight is glenn and nightmare which we already talked about so we don't really have to get to but yeah i I had to put that on there just just for the status of it what's what's your number seven my number seven is once upon a time in mexico I have that a lot higher. Yeah, I love his portrayal in that movie. He, it's so he's such good. a badass in that movie. He is yeah. like not like it didn't like not the whole not movie. He is yeah, like yeah, yeah. like like he has a lot of confidence when he's talking to to, to Cheech uh, and everything. Um, but I mean, he's so unique and and like his character is where he's like he's like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna get up from this table I'm gonna pay my check yeah. I'm gonna walk back into the kitchen yeah. and I'm gonna kill that cook I'm gonna shoot him. Uh, and he's like, "Why are you gonna? Why are you gonna do that?" And he's like, "Because that's my job here is to is to create balance in this country." Yeah. So he finds something, you know, he finds a food that he likes and a cook that cooks it right, and it's very, very good. He has to kill him because it's too good, and it would unbalance things yeah. in that country, you know. Yeah. He, him, I guess, as a CIA operative, but you know, that's just one scene. And then when he loses when his blind, eyes, yeah, when he's blind, then at that point he's still kind of a badass yeah know? and like he's just like often people just by the sound and everything do you think he it just was the suit so the, iconic the he carries his... himself and in the suit could have been his hair was wearing... like really cool because it was like yeah. at the length it was when he was in blow like really yeah. good and everything and he you know he he was he had the leather and the Style, black on yeah. and the yeah he just looked like a bad but that i have that a lot higher but 
Um, it's a very, very good movie, and right. I definitely think he outshines. That's one of the movies where he Antonio outshines Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. But Antonio Banderas is barely in the movie. Yeah, I know. It's more about what's going on in Mexico right. than... than uh, Once upon a time. Than El. Than what's going on with El. El Diablo. El Mariachi. Uh, that was your number seven? Yes. Okay, my number seven is Blow. Um, fantastic Mine's movie. further up. Is it? Yeah. Fantastic movie. Um it's just that uh, I go to different movies to watch Johnny Depp before I will blow. Yeah. That is amazing. He has some crazy hairstyles in that movie. You know, all the different ages he was at. True story. The fact everything. that he became friends with George Young and, uh, and you know, had many conversations with him in the prison and stuff like that. And, you know, it's heartbreaking. You find out the real story. You know, yeah. George, George Young's daughter still to this day doesn't, you know, didn't talk to him, at least when the movie came yeah. out. And uh, I don't know. He just did a really good job. You know, he was next to, you know, he was with Ethan Supley in the movie, you know, uh, Paul yeah. Rubens. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it was a great movie and he did a great performance of, of showing the, you know, the, 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 the ascent and the descent and then the ascent again and the descent, you know, yeah. that roller coaster ride of, of a drug kingpin. So, yeah. Uh, what's your number six? My number six is Rango. Rango, I don't have Rango on here. I, I, I liked him in Rango. I he, think I remember asking you about Rango. Like, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. It Rango is kind of like a mix between, like, Once Upon a Time in Mexico and Pirates. Hmm. His his voice and, and his, you know, I mean, they obviously took his mannerisms, too. You know what right. I mean? But it was just, it's, I, I love that movie. Okay. It's a cartoon movie, and I love cartoon movies. I can't comment I much on it. Yeah. I, my, my son likes the animated movies, but he just never had an interest in Rango, neither did my uh, daughter. Rango's awesome. Rango's awesome. All right, I'll have to watch that. That was your number six. Let's see. Uh, who else was in that? Do you know? Was it, do you know, uh, any voices come to mind? Let me think. I'll if not, no big up. deal, but yeah. yeah. Uh, my number six is Pirates, uh, just his role as Jack Sparrow. Um, like I said, that's probably probably one of his. If it's not, a lot further up. For if me. it's not, if it's probably become his most iconic role yeah. he's ever done yeah. is of Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Um, that's why I put it so high. But I've watched. I think I've watched this movie so many times yeah. that it's just okay, cool. You know, I'm so used to it. I, I just enjoy some of his other roles better and probably go to them before I go to Pirates. But, I mean... Pirates are one of the mo movies that I can sit there and I can watch multiple times. Yeah, like... yeah, Like, over and over again. Uh, I don't know about over and well, over. Well, for me, for me, it's one of the movies that I can... You know, like Gone in 60 Seconds and Mummy, you know, those are the movies that I can actually watch over and over Mummy, again. Mummy, I could watch. I could watch back-to-back, -back, Yeah, I think. Um Gone in 60 Seconds. I don't know if I could. I love that movie, but I don't know if I could watch it back yeah. to back. But Pirates movies, you know, like I could watch them, and then a few months later I watch them again. You know, usually I have to have a lot more separation between when I watch it. But, you know, they're great. The trilogy is great. There's yeah. two other movies, I think. and you There's know, five total. They were okay. Uh, but uh really wanted to, to see him back. He was supposed to be in a cameo. Um, I hope somebody at the studio wakes up and finds their brain. Yeah and uh, invites him back on. Not that he should give them that, but uh, what is your number five? Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. I have that a bit higher. Um, why is it number five? Well, because it's one of his mo most iconic roles, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, throughout history and movie history, last, what, 40 years, yeah. you know? 
it's one of his most iconic roles. So, you know, and, it really and, and, was is what launched his mainstream yeah. career. And the fact that, you know, it's still going today, you know, yeah. people are still dressing up as, as you know, for Halloween or yeah. just in their everyday lives. Yeah. You don't see a lot of that shirts and stuff like there's that. there's niche stuff. Like, and a lot of it comes from, from Tim Burton, you know, yep. Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. uh, not only Beetlejuice, but Lydia and Adam and Barbara mm-hmm. with their faces stretched out and yep. everything, multiple different characters from multiple movies. So multiple, um, that was your number five, correct? Correct. My number five is Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Um, I really, <clears throat> like we've talked about ad nauseum here is, you know, I, we don't enjoy musicals, but I really enjoy his character in this. It's a tragic character. Um, an interesting way he goes about coming back and trying to get some kind of revenge and everything. Um, but still got a, a great plot and he just always works with Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Um, they work great together, yeah. whether as a couple or going against each other, whatever it is. Um, I really enjoy him in that. And it's, it's one of those things like, you know, it took Johnny Depp to make me like a musical. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Tim Burton as well, but, but Johnny Depp's performance in it is great. It's one of those iconic looks too, you know, yeah. that people dress up as. So he, he has Johnny so Depp many singing. It didn't, I've seen some trailers and stuff. I've, I've never watched the film. I just not big into it. It just didn't. Really catch me as something. Sweeney I Todd, watch. you haven't? No. Oh man, I'm so excited to watch it with you then. Yeah. I just, uh, it just didn't really. I don't know. Seeing Johnny Depp singing a British accent is kind of bugging yeah, me. Yeah, and he did take voice lessons, so yeah. he, he's. You can tell he's not a professional singer, but he actually doesn't do too bad. Yeah. You know, and you hear some of the singing in uh, Pirates too, with the, you know. But little, when you see Americans try to do British accents, you can see the strain in their face when they're doing it. And I saw that Johnny Depp, and that's what's bothered me about this movie, watching this movie, just straining to see him talk with a British accent. You know, with with Pirates of the Caribbean, it works for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's just already kind of loopy looking. Well, and he's not necessarily British. So, you know, back then, those pirates, they probably just had a mixture of different accents and everything. So, yeah, I I really want you to see it because it's... uh, I don't know. You can look past it. You eventually okay. can look past it and everything. It's a really good story. But um, is do you think Johnny Depp is the king of cosplay? Like, how many characters people cosplay that originated with him? Yeah. I mean, really Tim Burton, I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, even Batman and Joker and, uh, you know, because, I mean, back in the day before, you know, Heath Ledger came around. And Christian Bale came around. You know, people were dressing like the old school Batman for the longest yeah. time. You know, but I mean, as far as Joker, like, then that would be Tim Burton. So like, which as far is as Tim Burton? Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. You know, but as far as like actors, then well, like out of uh, all the yeah. actors, I mean, he's played so many that are cosplayed. Yeah, now. you know, you got the you know the Edward Scissorhands, the um, Sleepy Hollow, you know, the the, the Sweeney Todd, yeah. the Pirates, the as far as an actor with so many characters, yeah, Fear and yeah. Loathing, and you know yeah. all these different things. So uh, Alice in Wonderland, blah blah blah. Big Lebowski, um, Big Lebowski. So Sweeney Todd, what's your number four? My number four is Sleepy. Uh, I think it's called Sleepy. <sighs> Starts with an H. Hollow. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Uh, it's weird. We always get at least one that's the same. My number four is also Sleepy Hollow. Oh, really? Yeah, we oh, have cool. it at this. We have yeah. it the same one. So, um, <clears throat> I think it's you know we're gonna get into why yes, here in just a minute. <laughs> so don't have to go much into that. What's your number three? Fear and Loathing. Okay, so I have it at number nine. You have it at number three. Yeah, I, I just but I have that movie. When I have Once Upon it. a Time at number three. Okay, and you had it at ten, right? Uh, or eight? No, it was like more like. Uh, 
Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, seven. Yeah, so you had uh, Fear and Loathing. I had Once Upon a Time, which you talked about. So um, what's your number two? Blow. Okay. His performance in that was just amazing. It was great. It was it great. Was. It was so, you know, uh, like you said, we, we've already talked about it. But, you know, that, that he romanticized the role rather than, you know, than what that character or what that actual live person really was like, I felt like. You know, like he kind of romanced that. That yeah, where do you where you like the the criminal? Yeah, which which I guarantee you, his life wasn't that just. I mean, I'm sure it was sort of a roller coaster ride, but. and it makes you feel sorry for him because of his daughter. But you got to understand that his daughter went through some stuff too, having a dad like that. Yeah, and he made those choices. She wasn't able to make the choices, yeah. you know. And the tragic part where at the very end he's trying to do that one last score so he can be with his daughter and yeah. everything, and it all goes to hell. But yeah, uh, my number two is Benny and June. Okay. Because he does such a good job in that movie of <clears throat> channeling, you know, people like Chaplin and and yeah. and uh, um, Buster Keaton and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's just so unique. Um, you know, it always goes with the uh, the proclaimers. You know, yeah. and I would walk five hundred. No, but uh, th- I just remember seeing that in the '90s when I was younger. Yeah. Music video for the Proclaimers, seeing Benny and Jean so much. But it's a really, it really is a good performance. One of my favorite parts is where he does the hubcap and he spins it on his yeah. on his finger and then he goes like that to make it go up and it just never comes back down. And there's no explanation <laughs> yeah. to how he did that. And you're just like, does he really have magic? <laughs> so I really like Benny and June and I definitely want to do it on here one time. Okay. Have you seen it? No, I have not. You need to see it. It's yeah. a really good. It has uh, uh, Mary, Sue Ma- or Mary Lou Masterson, I think yeah. is her name. And uh, it has, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Aiden Quinn, I believe is his name. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like every movie fanatic should watch. That it's one of those ones that have slipped through my fingers as actually watching. Yeah. You know, that where I was like, oh, I'm I'll always, I need to watch this movie. I got to watch this movie. It's not just because I don't want to watch it, you know, because it is a classic, you know. Yeah. And, and that's all you ever hear about it. But. There are a couple that have slipped through that I haven't actually And me seen. too. Yeah. Like, uh, there's there's certain ones, you know, we've talked about it, like Godfather. Yeah. I haven't seen Godfather all no, the way see, through. And I've seen all those. But, you know, like, there's some, some movies like Avatar, which I would never wish I would have watched or ever existed. <laughs> what about Dragon Ball? I wish that they would not have Avatar more than Dragon Ball. <laughs> and that's saying something because I love anime. Yeah. Uh, it, it was Mary Stewart Masterson. Okay. Uh, I was thinking. I think I was thinking of Mary Lou Redner because I was watching something on Scrooge. I <laughs> oh, remember yeah, when she yeah. was doing the flips or whatever. Uh-huh. But yeah, Aiden Quinn and Mary Stuart Masterson and Johnny Depp. It's about you know brother and sister. Sister's yeah. got some issues going on, and sounds like the brother does too. <laughs> uh, kind of, and then some uh, some weird kind of hobo type traveler who's actually like a family member of Oliver Platt, uh, named Sam, played by Johnny Depp, yeah. comes to town and kind of uh. messes with things or whatever, but. Upsets the norm. The norm. Um, and uh, what's your number one? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. All of them. What do you think my number one is that I haven't mentioned yet? Edward Scissorhands. It is. Yeah. Number one is Edward Scissorhands. Just for what it did. One, you know, he just becomes this completely different person. I, don't, I think that he, Edward Scissorhands is the most, it's got to be like the most makeup and stuff that he's done, right? Yeah. Or uh, cosplay as she, you know. I mean, I know there's pirates and stuff, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, it, it started him out with his career and and really launched him into stardom after that. 
Yeah. So um, that's the one I enjoy. And then you had Pirates, which we which well, and, and I like Pirates mainly because it's like you can't have that movie without Johnny Depp. Yeah, you, know, you just can't. They're gonna try. Yeah, I know, but you can't. Yeah, they they tried with the other ones, and you know, I I don't know. I think the trio of Orlando Bloom, Johnny Depp, and Keira Knightley is what really brought that be- yeah. because the next one after that with Penelope Cruz uh wasn't as good yeah and then the one after that was slightly better but you know you felt the excitement of at the end of the movie you get to see spoiler right, right? you get to see Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool anyways uh good list I I like your I like your placements and uh, I'm glad we had we continue our tradition of having at least one that's at the same spot right um but today we are talking about um what is on, on the same what happens to be the one that's the same on our list number four uh-huh. uh sleepy hollow right uh this movie is a movie it came out in uh, 1999 it was directed by tim burton uh it was written by the uh the original story a short story it was legend of sleepy hollow which was written by washington Irvin, yeah. and then this was adapted by kevin yeager and uh, andrew kevin walker um, it stars uh, Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane, Christina Ricci as Katrina Van Tassel. It also stars, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say all the character names with these like I sometimes do, yeah. because they're just such tongue twisters and sometimes. There's so many actors in this film. Yeah, so Miranda Richardson, Michael Gambon, Casper Van Dien, Jeffrey Jones, Richard Griffiths, Ian McDiarmid, uh, Michael Guff, Christopher Walken, Mark Pickering, Lisa Marie, uh, Stephen Waddington, uh christopher lee and a bunch of others yeah christopher lee just because he wasn't much he was there at the end but i didn't want to leave him out because that would be disrespectful to the man that james bond is based on and also uh count dooku yeah i think count dooku above james bond right yeah yeah absolutely so yeah i know we had some jokes about christina ricci ricky don't know if it's ricky ricci but it is ricci yeah we're just on we're just you know, welcome to the Post Credit Podcast, the two most uncultured hosts out there. <laughs> hey, I got culture. I got lots of culture. You got certain types of culture. Yeah. And I got certain types of yeah. culture. We just come into the meat yeah, in the middle. You just don't see it very much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when's, the, when's the first time you remember seeing this when it first came out? Yep. I, I think I saw it. I think I worked well. for Blockbuster when this first Did came you? out. Did you? Yeah. We were, whoa, were you in Utah? 1998? Yeah. yeah, I guess we were in Utah. Yeah. It was a great movie. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it when it came out. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Christina Ricci, I think she was only, was she like 18 or 19 when she did this movie? Maybe. Something like that. Well, let's see. Because the Adams Family was in the early 90s, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 93, 94, something like that. And yeah, she, she was born been, in 1980 and this came out in 1999. She was so 19. she was 18 when it was filmed. Yeah. So, uh, and and that goes along with why Johnny Depp felt a little weird to have her as his uh, his love interest. Because he's known her since she was nine. He's known her since she was nine. And, uh, she, you know, he was born in 63, 73, yeah. 83, 93. So, you know, he was 37, 36 at the time. 
Yeah, but I think people in Hollywood, that doesn't matter to them. So they probably didn't even think it's weird. It's weird. But what, what do we say about that rule of the 36? Like half your age plus seven years? Or something, I don't know. 36, so that's what, uh, 18 and plus seven. Yeah. So that would be what? 25. 25. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do math here. OMG. So he was way under where he needed to be. But, you know, it's for the movie. But, you know, uh, that's why he felt weird because, one – she was well younger than him and two well, yeah and two yeah he uh he's he known her since she was nine somebody that was a lot younger than him he's going through court problems we right now we won't we won't comment on I mean, that she's like half his age i mm-hmm. guess yeah we won't comment on that <laughs> anyways it should have been winona forever if you asked yeah, me yeah yeah well i mean vanessa Paradis, they had kids together and True. everything so um, who, who, his daughter and her daughter is actually coming out with a in a new film, I think. No, they were already in a, they were in a film. Uh, who, Johnny Depp's daughter? Yeah. Well, she was in uh, a film with uh, Harley Quinn Smith, uh, Kevin Smith's daughter. That's right. And it was called uh, Yoga Hosers. Yeah, but there's something else that she just came out recently in. Uh, she might have been. I don't know. I don't know. I know their their daughters go to school together. Yeah. And so that's why they were friends, and that's why Kevin Smith was able to get Johnny Depp into Tusk, which uh, I still have yet to see. I really yeah. want to see it, but it's pretty messed up from what I hear. Um, <clears throat> this this movie is such a great Halloween movie. This is part two for us, right? What, for Sleepy yeah. Hollow? Yeah. I don't think we've talked about Sleepy Hollow before. We were going to. We yeah. did the movie, and then we just didn't feel like... T- I don't think yeah. we just felt like talking about it, so... Right. Um, but the producer of this movie wanted Tim Burton to work on it because of his work on Edward Scissorhands, even though Edward Scissorhands was like eight years before this. Yeah. But the producer was like, that's the type of vision we need for Sleepy Hollow because mm-hmm. you have a story like this. this is one of the, like the great American classics, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, so, so, he, so he, wanted, he wanted somebody that could bring that vision to life. And that's why I asked you at the beginning, who else could have done this movie and created this type of the right atmosphere where it's a horror but it's not necessarily um, frightening. No. You know, it's creepy and it's, you know, Demonic there's there's some terms. scares and jump scares and um, the atmosphere and stuff. But it's not it's not exactly, you know, frightening. Right. If you know what I mean. Right. Um, and Tim Burton was only available because Superman Liz fell apart. <laughs> you should Cage. talk about uh, that movie for a little bit. Mm-hmm. With Nicolas Cage. Oh my gosh, that would have been so bad. You should talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't think it's something that we should talk about. No, but, but you should give me a second. Oh uh, well, okay. Superman Lives would have been a garbage movie with garbage things done <laughs> garbagely. We has his light up suit. Anybody that and doesn't know what Superman Lives, Tim Burton was going to do a Superman Lives. It was written by Kevin Smith. It would have had a giant spider. That Superman had to fight. It was played by Superman was played by Nicolas Cage, who was still slightly balding up front, but he had long hair, long uh, black hair. and some weird neon light up suit. And it would kind of follow the death of Superman type thing yeah. where he comes back to life. It was weird. It was I mean, weird. I think there's a script out there. It's 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 interesting. It obviously makes a better comic book than yeah. a movie and everything. Yeah. And, Kevin Smith is, I think, was just thinking comic books or when something. he wrote it or something. Yeah. But so let's let's talk about this cast. Okay, this very famous cast. Yeah, because I have a couple things to say. 
Um, obviously, we have uh, Jeffrey Jones. JJ. Um, who was obviously brought in, obviously worked with Tim Burton in Beetlejuice, which we talked about. Uh-huh. Uh, we have Dumbledore himself, Michael Gambon. Yep. Uh, we have Casper Van Dien. Why did I just laugh when I said his name? Because <laughs> he's not a serious actor. He's the king of B movies. <laughs> or not not even B movies. He's the king of B roles in A movies. He was the king of A B movie. Yeah. That wasn't really even A B. Anyways. Yeah. No, uh, he's the king. King he played of B Tarzan. In a, Don't or, you remember that? Yeah. Nobody yeah, else yeah. did. Yeah. King of B characters in A movies. I will say, you know, like he, he does, he plays a good tough guy. But, you know, not much is required for a tough guy role if if you, you know, if you don't put any depth into your character yeah. or whatever. Because I thought he did pretty good here. I was like, man, he's holding his own against the Headless Horse. And he's kind yeah, of a he badass. Was, he, was, I was, he was. He was. I was proud of him. But it's kind of like if you watch his the cartoon. Rico that, skills. Yeah. And see, you know, you always want to compare. Because I watched the Disney version mm-hmm. before I watched this version, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it kind of terrified me a little bit at that age. You know, I was I was pretty young. You know, and it was kind of terrifying seeing a, you know, a headless ghostman. You know, and this this goofy ghostman. character. He's a ghostman. That's he's not a horseman. He's a ghost. No, he's a ghostman. <laughs> is he a ghost or is he a man? Yeah, well, he's a ghostman. He's a ghostman. <laughs> um, as a ghostman, and uh, you know, seeing that Ichabar Crane on the cartoon was just like this goofy Ichabar, goofy character that was kind of like. There's really nothing, no reason explaining why he hasn't already had his head chopped off. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into that cartoon version. But uh, so we have Jeffrey Jones from Beetlejuice. We have Dumbledore, uh, Michael Gambon. We have Casper Van Dien uh, of Tarzan and um, Richard Griffiths as Mr. Dudley. (laughs) As Tarzan, uh, from Tarzan and uh, Starship Troopers fame. And that's it. Yeah. These are the only three movies that he's ever done. Yeah. And then who'd you say? Oh, I said, and uh, Richard Griffiths of Mr. Dudley. Yes, Mr. Vernon Dudley. Uh, we had Vernon Dudley and Dumbledore in the same scene. Uh, Ian McDermott, the Emperor Palpatine himself, uh, as the Doctor. Uh, Michael Goff, who actually came out of retirement. Correct, I heard that story. To play the notary Hardenbrook. Yeah. And, uh, you Is know. a favor to Tim Burton? Uh, I don't know, or maybe he just really liked the story of it, or whatever. Uh, yes. It he probably asked him. He probably because you know they worked on Batman and Batman yeah. Returns together. That's yeah, that's probably why. And the la- remember the last one that he did was Batman and Robin, and where he was actually dying in the movie, yeah, his character or whatever. And after that, he retired. Uh, but then he actually came out of retirement to do this, yeah. um, and has obviously passed away since. But uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, as the Hessian Horseman. Now, I have to say this about Christopher Walken. He is a very odd choice. I was going to say the same thing. Okay, so what do you hire Christopher Walken for? You hire him for his voice, his ability to monologue and deliver lines and and be expressive and comedic. You you deliver him for those things. You You don't hire him to be a guy that is in... What a combined total of maybe five minutes of the movie, yeah, and doing this the whole time, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just yelling, yeah. I mean, that's it was the worst possible choice, I think. In my why, opinion. like, yeah. why waste him like that? And he's, you know, he's he's a tall guy. He's just not a very large man. You know what I mean? Like, 
And the you mean he should be imposed? Should have been imposing? Yeah, like, like you know, getting you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Vernon uh, Vern Dudley. No, the guy that played uh, Jason. You know. Uh, oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. It's going to come to me in a minute, but keep going with what Anyways, you're you get somebody like Kane that, Hodder. Kane Hodder. You get somebody like Kane Hodder. Or to Ken Kershinger, who played him in Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, but you get somebody like that to play the Headless Horseman. I mean, which they probably did. I mean, because we don't see Christopher Walken. You know who played the Headless uh, Horseman? Who? I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Well, you know, you get somebody like that even to play the the human version of this character. Yeah. You the, know? the stuntman that actually played him is actually a real short guy. So which still it's interesting. Make- but, I mean, yeah. it makes sense to have a short person because, remember, to wear the costume as a headless person, yeah. you got to have the collar way up here on yeah. top of your head. Right. So you got to be a short person that you're just making look tall or whatever. But, yeah. But Christopher I, Walken was just not the right pick yeah, for this. Yeah, why? I, I mean, you put him in, if you got Christopher Walken, put him in a speaking role where he can really juice it up and everything. Yeah. But I just felt like he was wasted in, in the yelling and... And then, yeah. you know, more yelling, and then that's all he did, you know. Well, and the Hessian, you know, this was a real person in a way, right? Like the Hessian well, was there's, a real, real character in history. So, so Hessians are German uh, soldiers that were loaned out to the British Army during yeah. the American Revolutionary yeah. War. And so they fought for the, the British, for basically. Money. For money. They were, they were paid basically. and everything like that. So that's what a Hessian means, is is, is a German that's working for the, the British and everything. But he was a horseman. He was a badass fighter and everything. And there were a lot of those. As far as the headless horseman thing... Well, that, obviously I knew there wasn't the, such yeah, a thing as a headless horseman. Well, I just mean that there were stories all in Europe yeah. and all over, you know, pretty much probably every state in the Union right. had their own headless horseman story. But this is just like the most popular one right. or whatever. But... Yeah, that 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 I, I've always loved Christopher Walken in this yeah. role, and he's like, oh, there's Christopher Walken. But then when you try to analyze it, you're like, why? He should just brought Michael C. Hall from uh, from uh, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> you know, we both he said that. German. We both said Michael C. Hall. You know, that's Dexter, not not yeah, who you're thinking of. I know. But Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, we Anthony did. Michael we but we did both say Michael C. Hall in one of the things. So that's that's a quick little uh, apologies yeah. to Alice and Janney here on the show. It's, yeah. Sorry, but it is Anthony Michael Anthony, Hall, not Michael C. Hall, who plays Dexter the murderer. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall. They might be related. You never know. They could be. But he you know, did a good I, job I, in the Halloween Kills, though. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's got some some bulkiness, and he's even got like that that Eastern European look. Yeah, you know? I guess if you say if you have to pull it from a Tim Burton movie, right? Right. Then no, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? So then he would have to be, or whoever played Batman stuntman. Yeah. In Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I was like, man, even a you know a young Jack Nicholson could have could have been a good uh-huh. horseman because or he just you know Alpha, the, the, Alpha, the, one but, of the main uh, appeals yeah. about Jack Nicholson is his crazy look and his crazy eyes. Or uh, what's his face? Uh, not um, uh, De Niro. Yes, Robert De Niro. <laughs> I can see like Robert De Niro taxi doing that. Yeah. No, the problem is is Robert De Niro because I driver. think he's 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 Irish, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, De Niro. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what De Niro yes. is. Probably not. Because I mean, I notice a lot of like a lot of the movies, the gangster movies he's played, he's you know, played half Irish, Irish half yeah. half Italian, or whatever. You yeah, know? that's what he was in uh, Goodfellas. That's why. He, yeah, he couldn't be made. Well, because Al Pacino's actually Italian, but he was playing a Cuban in it's weird in. Uh, uh, which one wouldn't be allowed nowadays. No. And it's actually you know never cultural mind. appropriation. Uh, so 
uh, anyways, Christopher Walken, we probably could come up. If you guys have any ideas, and, you, and here's the rule, it has to be pulled from a Tim Burton movie. Correct. Any other previous movies before this one be of Anthony anybody Hall. that would be a big, intimidated, scary, uh, you Eastern know, emoting with its face yeah. type of a headless horseman with his head back on. Right. Because when he has his head off, it doesn't matter. So basically, the, the name of the game is Beat Anthony Michael Hall. Right. Let us know who your pick is. Uh, it's probably going to be very obvious. Um, but yeah. Anyways, so you want to get into the the meat and potatoes? Well, yeah. Let's. Uh, I want to talk about the differences between the original story and this one. Okay. So the original story, the uh, Ichabod Crane character was just a school teacher, a yeah. schoolmaster, is what he was called. So like a, a principal, you know, head of the school or whatever. Which is what he is in the cartoon, right? And he has a giant nose. He has big old ears, and he's, not an attractive he, he's, man. He's described as uh, like I don't want to. I don't want to uh, offend anybody, but yeah, it, it, he is described as a not traditionally attractive person with um, uneven features. Right. So, um, in the making of the movie, Johnny Depp really wanted to do that. He wanted to have a prosthetic nose. He wanted to have prosthetic ears. He wanted to go the full length uh, and the full look. And I think Tim Burton probably would have been like, yeah, whatever, man. Uh, but the studio goes, hell no. We paid for Johnny Depp. We want Johnny Depp. And I want to see his face, his yeah. pretty little face They're, on they're that whoring screen. him out, basically. You can make him act like a sissy. You can make him act like this or whatever. But I want to see Johnny Depp's face on that screen. Which he really is a sissy in this film. His character is. You could say yeah. sissy. Yeah, he just he's very it's frightened all, all the time. Purposes, he's yeah. just a very frightened person. Right. Uh, so, uh, which we'll get into. But um, I, I just thought that was funny. He really wanted to go the full length. But... If you did that, that's fine if you had a telling of the story that was like the book or the yeah. cartoon or whatever. But this one is not. So he was a schoolmaster in the town of Sleepy Hollow. But in the movie, he's a constable in New York who comes to Sleepy Hollow to um, investigate the same thing that he was investigating in the yeah. book. Um, he falls in love with uh, uh, Katrina Van Tassel in this one. And he wants to marry her. But it's more about the money. In the book, he wants he wants everything that the Van Tassel name would give to him. So there really wasn't really a subplot of all this trying to get family's money and all that. Yeah. Um, and in the end, it's uh, all about the money. In the end, he was chased across that bridge, and a pumpkin was thrown at his head, and nobody. And then the, the story ends with nobody ever saw Ichabod Crane again. Yeah. There's a whole he song was, that talks about yeah, it. Yeah, he was an unlikely, per, uh, an unlikable person. And by the end, he had been done with, and you're kind of happy about it, and he was never seen of again. Now, the story, what's implied in the story is that it was actually Brahm that was dressing up as the Headless Horseman, yeah. and he's the one that, I don't know, because he wanted uh, Katrina Van Tassel, too, yeah. that he maybe took care of Ichabod Crane. Which yeah. wasn't really kind of gone in depth in the cartoon because it was obviously Disney, but they do pay kind of an homage to that in this movie by having Brom dress up as the Headless Horseman, throwing a flaming pumpkin at uh, at Johnny Depp's head, and knocked him out. And you then he can't say it, no, or knocked him out. And then he rode away. And then like you see him, and it's like so that paid homage to it. And then it goes, okay, no, but there really is a Headless yeah. Horseman because that would be a boring movie if there yeah. wasn't actually any danger. So, just a few different, in, uh, few different difference, uh, differences in the uh, the movie and the story, but huge differences too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's what go do ahead. You think, what do you think the men in the cartoons or men back then used to wear ribbons in their ponytails? 
Why do you think they had ponytails? You, know, you gotta hit. I mean, it's not like they had like a regular barber or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, they shaved their heads. It looked I think like all most they of had time, was scissors. Yeah, they shaved their heads and then they would put on these disgusting looking wigs. You know, you see them in the movies and it's like, you know, all the paintings like of George Washington. You know, the hair's all white and, and pretty and well, clean. I mean, they all wear wigs. I mean, the British British no, still do it. Yeah, yeah, but in what their else? Courts. What I'm saying is that, like, you know, in all the movies, right. it portrays like a, the real wigs of being nasty, yeah. dirty things that these people only took showers, like, once a month kind of thing. Well, I think know? it's a formal thing. It's, it's it's the same thing as, like, wearing a suit. Yeah. You know, you, you go out, you put your wig on, and it's a formal wig. And then when you get home is the only time that you take. Nobody usually sees you without it or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you see the foreboding at the beginning of this film? Which part? Where... It, it shows uh, the Van Garrett family crest. Uh, it's cornmeal, wheat, and um, cornmeal, or corn, windmeal, and wheat right on their family crest, right? Okay. And so it goes back to, it's very foreboding with the, uh, the, the windmill at the end of the film. Oh, okay. You know, because they're going back basically to, you know, that you know that they're in the Van Garrett property and, uh, you know, that, that windmill's finally getting, you know, it's broken down and everything, but it's part of their family crest, you okay. know? There's some foreboding at the beginning. That's cool, or foreshadowing. 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 I think that's what I meant. I to think say. you meant foreshadowing, like foreboding, and I'm like, like an ominous tone or right, something. Right, right, right. Although the ominous was brought to us by Danny Elfman and another amazing score. Correct, correct. A great, great, I didn't amazing that story. In my notes as well. And everything was foggy, and uh, had the dark color. Now, a blue lens was used for pretty much the entire shoot. Um, except for if you notice at the end, everything brightened up. Well, well, you notice that in, in a lot of Tim Burton movies, this happens, but you know, it starts out, you know, somewhat brighter. Right. And then throughout the movie, it gets darker and darker. The scenes get mm -hmm. darker. The overcast gets darker, mm -hmm. you know, it's darker days, you know, and, and then, you know, at the end of the film, he brightens it up again. I, I, I yeah. And I, yeah, that happens with most of it. I think in this one, he, it started out just dark like that, and you had, like, the filter already on. And then at the end, it brightened up, and I think that is to say where Ichabod has changed and his yeah. thoughts and, and, and everything that we can get into. But Then we get Count Dooku at the beginning, too. Yeah, but he remember, like at, he uses the blue lens throughout the whole thing, and that's what that gives it that dark, dark uh, coloring throughout the whole thing uh -huh. and uh, grays and stuff. Yeah. So they actually had to use orange colored blood to make it red, to make it look uh. red. So the the blood, that's why it looked, it kind of looks like like tomato, like thick tomato soup or something. Yeah. Because you know Johnny De or Tim Burton's not going for realism. Yeah. He just wants the macabre and the gore in there, but it doesn't have to be real because remember he thinks a lot of horror is funny, so it doesn't have to be real. It it has to be gore but funny right. so that's why it looks like it's like so thick and and like almost like a paint or yeah. tomato soup or whatever but yeah it was orange because they had to use a blue lens gotcha. and everything so um but yeah getting into this movie we start out with uh with uh him uh basically examining uh, a body right yeah um so uh, actually, well, we, we have a quick little a quick little uh, scene at the beginning where you don't really see what's going on, but some some wills being filled out, something's been signed. Some guy you don't know who it is is riding in a carriage, and then uh, suddenly he looks out and sees that somebody's cut the head off of his driver and is dead, and so he jumps out, headless horseman finds him, and we're done. And then it's 
Uh, we find out it's 1799. Ichabod Crane is a New York police constable, uh, but he's looked at weirdly because he, uh, uh, you know, he has the scientific method of, you know, like modern day techniques, modern day gumshoe tactics or, or different investigative tools that you would use. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was, it was, you know, our, obviously we still have this archaic police force here who, you know. Horrible he, justice system. Oh, yeah. I mean, they bring him in and like the, the one, the two guys that brought that one guy, oh, he's a burglar. And you're not really sure if it's true. It seems yeah. like they are, they don't like this person. Yeah. And the guy's like, all right. And then so they just open the, 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 the cell and just like yeah. toss him down into yeah. this pit. That's a cell, I guess, and close the thing. It doesn't seem like there's much of a justice system. Which I kind of feel like it maybe used to start like that. You know, back in the day, it probably was that bad. Yeah. Know, in all reality. I mean, they were burning women at the stake. You they know. didn't even look like cops. Those two yeah. that brought that one in. No. It could have been a citizen arrest. Yeah, they were deputized or whatever. So, um, But anyway, so he's trying to explain. He wants to do an autopsy. And they're like, oh, cut up the body. Because back then, autopsy was viewed as... You know, and it's understandable. I mean, they didn't have, they, you know, scientific method and, and science, uh, you know, had to slowly get introduced for people to start following it. Yeah. Um, and they figured you had to drop one thing. If you have to pick up science, then you have to drop faith yeah. or whatever it is when, you know, obviously the two go hand in hand. Right. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, so they're like, look, if you want to prove yourself, I got a mission for you. And it was really, I think, just a way for this this judge, this uh, Christopher Lee, uh, to get rid of Ichabod Crane because yeah. he was sick of having to deal with him. So he's like, look, go up here. Go try to solve this murder. If you f- solve it with your little scientific methods, then maybe we'll give it a look and see so if So if you actually legitimate. do what a cop's supposed to do, then right. you can actually continue to be a cop. Right. Then we'll then we'll maybe start taking your word and, and see what you got with your science. Like yeah. he's the only one in the world figuring this right. out or whatever. The early Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to uh, Sleepy Hollow. He arrives there and he meets all the people. Did you ever get confused with like who does what and yeah. all the different names? The magistrate. I was like, what is that? Oh, it's a judge, right? <laughs> like a judge. Yeah. Or a, a mediator. Like, yeah. yeah uh, the the minister. Some of they can yeah. marry people. Different. Some of yeah. they can officiate and different yeah. things like that. Well, you know, I. And you had a doctor, and you had a uh, uh, what did Michael Goff play? Uh, the notary. The notary, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then the uh, Baltus or Dumbledore was just a businessman slash farmer. He was the, yeah, he was the, the town town owner. Really, <laughs> he was Donald Trump. Yeah, basically, <laughs> real estate yeah. banker. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> Anyways, I, I finally, I was able to actually really pay attention and be like, okay, this person is that, that person is that. Because a lot of these names and the family names and all this stuff, yeah. it can get it really confusing. confusing. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you like are well versed in all the different roles, you know, and I don't know. It's a Dutch community, so the names are are uh all you know there's a lot of (laughs) van tassel and uh van garrett a lot of vans vans down by the river down by the river now i wonder brian from what i've heard you're using your paper not for writing but for rolling doobies you're gonna be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river so, anyways, he goes out there and he finds out that um, there's been some de- decapitations. Uh, wealthy father and son, Peter and Dirk uh, Van Garrett, 
uh, have been killed, and also a widow named Emily Winship, which they call the Widow Winship. It's it's kind of just rolls off the tongue. You want to say Widow Winship, and whenever Johnny would say it, you know Widow Winship and the Widow Winship, and that's kind of I think this was a bad thing on Burton's part, where it was very hard to keep up with the names. Mm-hmm. In the relations, so I I really just stopped paying attention to the names and just kind of got a feel for who they were and what you know, not so much their jobs because in all reality their jobs weren't really that important. No, you know what I mean to understand the story. So I, I just stopped listening to the names. And, and it's not complicated, but yeah. I was trying to overcomplicate it. No, no I mean, once you try, right. like, and I had the subtitles on, and so I was like reading along. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess yeah, I just yeah. wasn't paying attention before. Right. But you want to hear a bit of history though? Yes. So he walks in there. There's jack o' lanterns everywhere, right? Uh-huh. Jack and uh, Jack, this this was written in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Jack o' lan- lanterns weren't about; they were created in the 1900s. Bastards! I know. So that's a little bit Bastards. of historical inaccuracy. Bastards. Yeah, that Tim Burton. Who's but 1900s Bastards. was when the Jack o' lanterns. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in uh, he's commonly the headless horseman is commonly depicted with a, a burning pumpkin yeah, as a head. That's Disney for you, and that's a Disney thing. Yeah. You know, just like uh, Pinocchio. Yeah, it's a Disney yeah. thing, but it's really horrific. And there's yeah. a, there's a lot of horrific Disney stories. Like Dumbo, Quas- extremely racist. <laughs> well, and Quasimodo, I mean, the yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame, that before Disney got a hold of that, it was yeah. very violent. Well, Dumbo, I mean, you, you hear some of the stuff that, you know, they have songs that they shouldn't be singing in this movie, in Dumbo. My wife pointed that out to I, me. I haven't watched Dumbo. Yeah. Uh, another Tim Burton movie. <clears throat> no, not, not the Tim Burton. Oh, version. you're talking about the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've seen that one either. I was just never a Dumbo fan when I was. I don't. I know it's a Your face elephant a that has big ears that can fly. Yeah. which makes so much sense. I know more about him in Roger Rabbit yeah. than I do about him in his own <laughs> right. movie. So, right. uh, do you remember him floating outside the window, of Dumbo and yes. Roger Rabbit? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, he finds out that those two, uh, the two, uh, the the rich father and son, uh, who uh, the the um, oh my gosh. The uh, obviously the w- woman Van Garrett is gone, um, so it's just the father and son, and then there's a widow named Emily Winship. Um, uh, there are uh, the uh, the what do you call it? I guess town elders. Yeah. Uh, so you have Baltus Van Tassel, uh, who is a businessman. You know, he's a farmer, but he basically is the money of the town. Yeah. Uh, you have. Uh, Let's see, the town doctor, which is uh, Thomas Lancaster, which is played by Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. I'm not using real names. Nope. Uh, Reverend Steenwick is played by Ed Rooney, uh, Ferris Bueller. And uh, notary James Hardenbrook is played by Alfred of the original Batman. Yep. And uh, Magistrate Sam uh, Samuel Phillips, obviously, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Vernon. Vernon Dudley yes. from Harry Potter. So uh, they're the they're all introduced, and um, he has to start his investigation. So um, he's skeptical. They try to tell him about the, the the paranormal stuff, and you know he's like always shaking and everything. And so you find out that while he is a scientific person and uses scientific methods, and doesn't want to believe in the supernatural, he's fearful of the supernatural. Okay. 
And so that's why I think he throws himself into the investigations is because he's so fearful of the supernatural. Mm -hmm. But I really think that that's what the thaumatrope is about. You know what the thaumatrope is? No. That's the spinning little thing with the cardinal and the cage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the cage, out the cage, in the cage, out yeah. the cage. Yeah. So I think that's the key theme of this movie. You know, it's about the discovering of the truth, you know, because when you're spinning it, it looks like something else. But when you stop, you see that it's just a bird and a cage and they're separate. Okay. Um, so, you know, when things are chaotic, when things are moving quick, we tend to miss things, distort things, intermix things, uh, until all we're seeing is what we've concocted without slowing down and realizing, you know, things might be the exact opposite of what you're perceiving. You see a bird in a cage, but maybe it's a bird in a cage and you've just kind of mixed the two or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's you know, he makes the, his one of his quotes in the movie is, uh, uh, it is truth, but truth is not always appearance. So, you know... He believes now in the supernatural after he saw the Headless Horseman, um, but he also is a believer in science. And so I think the movie is about, um, you know, when he actually sees the Horseman, it's blurring the pictures together yeah. again. You know, it's like, okay, now I'm saying, and, you know, trying to, 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 to set that aside uh, is what I'm getting at. You know, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it, too, is, um, you know, you got the Headless Horseman, you know. He's kind of in a cage, but he's not in a cage in a way, too. You know, I mean, he he's being controlled by somebody, but That's he's still true. going around killing people, whether or not he's controlled. And he, is he really being controlled by somebody? And then you figure out, you know, Ichabod obviously figures it out that he is being controlled by somebody. So it's, you know, he's kind of in a cage or not in a cage, yeah. really. And same thing with the residents of this town right. with this conspiracy that's going yep. on. Yep. So uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's really interesting because then at the end, you know, because you have the, the, the dark colors throughout. But then at the end, once he's discovered everything and him and him, him and uh, Katrina move back to New York and everything, it's like he's finally okay with the two. You know, you have logic or science and spirituality, you know, and they're okay to have both at the yeah. same time. You know, uh, it's 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 one. Th it's not it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. Well, I think it's funny too. That they're like, because um, back then, driving. You know, from well, they said okay, you're you're far from uh, New York City. You know, yeah. And if you actually look up the distance from New York City in a car, it takes uh, it's only thirty miles <laughs> from New York to Sleepy Hollow. Yes, because didn't they say it was like uh, 150 miles or something like that? I I, I googled it. Now, I maybe remember. they didn't have the same roads that we obviously have. It was now, at least a know? day's worth of travel, and it was yeah. horse-drawn carriage. But so. you look at it, and it's it's only thirty miles away. from I like how it doesn't even pull up to the town. Like it, you look, it's almost like it pulls up to like a side road, just overlooking the yeah. town, and yeah. he just gets out there. Yeah, and he has to walk everywhere. But uh, he gets out, and uh, you know he that's where he meets all those elders. He also meets Katrina Van Tassel, who kisses him without because she's playing a game. The uh, the pickety witch, you know, she has to kiss somebody and. Yeah. It just seems like a weird game. It is a weird game. And not a game Especially that most most young girls wouldn't want to play blindfold and just go kiss them. And during dude. that era where they were killing women for saying or not even saying they were witches, you know, well, and I mean, she was people. she obviously dealt with some of that witchcraft. Stuff I, I know, because but the she fact that spells and you know they, they were killing women because of this. Yeah, know, but I mean, I think that was a little bit before that. Before this, they, yeah, I think there was a bit more. It was less like um, you know killing somebody for that than you were just an outcast or thought of. Yeah. A weirdo if you did that stuff so uh but anyway so he meets her he also meets uh braun 
who really wants to marry Katrina. I think he's probably taken over the Ichabod role in this, the original Ichabod, where he just wants to do it for the money or something. Yeah. Or maybe Bronn's just a jock, and he you know, yeah. he likes the pretty girl and right. everything. So, um, so he meets with everybody, but they said that these three have been killed. Uh, we get a few more. Uh, we get a few more deaths. Um, you know, uh, a, 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 he's he's chased by who? Who is the next death? Do you remember? Ooh. Oh, Jonathan Masbeth. That's who it was. Yeah. So um, they, uh, Jonathan Masbeth. Uh, he has a son. He's a he's a, a member of the town or whatever. He goes out on watch, and he's killed later that night. So they think, oh, it's just you know kill, killing randomly. That was the guy on watch. Yeah. But you actually find out there's a reason that he was killed. Yeah. Uh, Ichabod is riding his little horse, and uh, his little horse. He sees a horseman, and it comes after him, and he takes off into the forest. Pumpkin gets thrown at him. You find out that it's just Braun messing with him, yeah. just trying to scare him and everything. But not too long after that, it's found out that uh, the horseman goes to uh, the the midwife's house, yeah. and uh, the midwife is killed, the husband is killed, and the kid. Well, I didn't think the kid was going to be killed. I think he was, though. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think he was? I mean, because you probably would have heard the screams if he was killed. He or? did scream, though, remember? Yeah. He screamed because he was just like, he was hiding first, but then he chopped up the floor, and he grabbed him, and he screamed, and that's what made Braun turn around and ride back into town. And I think it's probably eventually what made Ichabod, but when he screamed, that's when Braun kind of turned around. He went. But also, but also, if you think about it, though. And you can they, almost, I think, see him put him in a last head in there as he cinched up the bag. Well, what Ichabod was talking about, out, though was remember he he they only go out the head the horseman only goes after who he's told i don't think that the lady would have said hey go kill uh the wife the husband but he went back and for the, the kid yeah but may, maybe maybe he didn't i kind of want to think he didn't because again you know like he he would he even though you know casper van deed's character was throwing knives at him hacking at him he just kept on walking exactly that's what i mean is that he only goes so he went after those two he should have kept walking, but he made a point to turn around, chop up that thing, and grab that kid. There would be no reason to do that unless he was going to kill him. Because, I mean, she did tell him probably just say, hey, go kill the husband and the wife, because both of them heard. Remember, she said that uh, she told me in front of her husband. Yeah, so to go over this, it'll be a lot easier to talk about it this way, um, to, to, to get the spoiler out of the way at the beginning yeah. or whatever. Um, so... <clears throat> This Hessian, the uh, the headless horseman. Apparently, he's only been around for you know about thirty years or so. He's only been dead for about thirty years. The horseman was a Hessian mercenary, sent to these shores by German princes to keep Americans under the yoke of England. But unlike his compatriots, who came for money, the horseman came for love of carnage. When battle was joined, there you'd find him. Uh, whenever um, Lady Van Tassel, uh, Baltus's uh, new wife, who used yeah. to be his wife who got sick, her nurse, then he married her. Yeah. Uh, so Lady Van Tassel, her, but her maiden name was Archer. Archer. So her family was kicked out by the Van Garretts. My sister and I remained in our refuge, seeing not a soul until one day... Whilst gathering firewood, we crossed the path of the Hessian. I saw his death. So she swore revenge on the Van Garretts and the Van Tassels. Yeah. So she moved in with the Van Tassels, uh, helped to 
kill off quicker Lady Van Tassel, uh, probably slowly poisoned her or whatever, yeah. and uh, ended up uh, killing her and then got the uh, Baltus to fall in love with her. Yeah. So, but when they were younger, they they saw this Hessian because uh, you know they were homeless. Their mother had died. It was just her and her sister. And they saw the Hessian come through, and he was being chased by soldiers. They made some noise. The soldiers came over and killed the Hessian. The one, the one sister ran away, but the one lady who eventually became Lady Van Tassel stuck behind and uh, watched, watched as they beheaded this guy. This butcher didn't finally reach his end until the winter of 79. Not far from here, in our western woods. And eventually she came back and took the head using some kind of magic because they were witches her her mom and and her sister were were like witches and everything mm-hmm. um but her soul her sister do you think she was better or worse because she was out in the woods like actually looking like a real witch well she actually helped him she did help him yeah she helped the good guys yeah, she, yeah, she helped ichabod and and stuff so i, I kind of th- feel like i mean it just the sister was always evil the right. other one was always evil i mean she's the one that snapped the the, the branch twig. On purpose, you know, obviously to Probably. bring attention, and uh, you know, it just got. She was like smart enough to know that they were in danger. At that point. Yeah, both the sisters. I mean, literally, pretty much, kind of went the separate ways at yeah. that moment. You know. Yeah. So the one lady Van Tassel swore revenge before she was Lady Van Tassel. So she got Baltus to fall in love with her, and then she manipulated all the elders uh, to her uh, to her cause. Um, you had the uh, the uh, Van Garrett. He he kind of roped in the elders to help him with his marriage. You know, he he met Emily Winship, who was a widow, and married her in secret and got her pregnant. And um, you know the uh, the doctor uh, Thomas Lancaster. Um, you know he was in on it. The um, the magistrate Samuel Phillips. He's the one that told Ichabod, "Hey, there's there's other stuff going on here," because he married them. Yeah. You know, so he knew that Van Garrett and Widow Winship were actually married. Yeah. So um, because the Van Garretts and the Van Tassels are so closely linked, um, Lady Van Tassel, who wanted to get revenge, she had to. <laughs> is this getting confusing for you? Yes. She had to kill everybody in the bloodline okay. so that she could receive all the money right. and inheritance, right? Where Christina Ritchie's uh, was the last. The right, because the Van Garretts and the Van Tassels are all linked. So she killed Van Garrett and uh, his son, mm-hmm. uh, or had the horsemen do it, um, because they had money, right? Yeah. And so, and then also killed the the widow Winship because she was the secret wife, so she would have gotten everything. Yeah. So now all that money goes to Van Tassels, uh, namely um, the 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 dad Van uh, Baltus. Um, but if he dies, then Katrina gets it all. Okay. So. Uh, Lady Van Tassel is going to have him killed as well, as well as Katrina, so that in the end, she, as the widow Van Tassel, then gets everything. Yeah. yeah. And gets to kill off a bunch of people because she's psychotic and everything. So, Are you winded now? Whew, it's a hard <laughs> storyline because I tell you what, when I was watching this for the younger, I don't know if I just didn't care enough to figure out the whole plot line. I just knew... She was doing some stuff that, you know, she wanted yeah. to get some hair dance and she it was just pissed seemed like about too something. much for me to try to under comprehend without yeah. not enjoying the movie. You yeah. Know? Like, 
Yeah, it's I, one I, of those, I didn't try to do it. I just enjoyed the movie, I think. Yeah, it's one of those I think needed a little bit more exposition. It's hard because, you know, they're they're not talking in modern-day English, so, you know, yeah. I can understand it and everything, but you really have to sit there, okay, so the Widow Winship did that, you know, and so you have to try to get all the connections and why this is all happening. So, anyways, in the end, uh, you know, they, they go on that epic uh, horse chase, yeah. through the uh, the woods after they get out of the uh, the the windmill you know everybody else has been killed yeah. who needs to be killed for this plot yeah. pretty much all the elders are dead yeah no all the elders are dead um and At the church is when that happens yeah right? and they all went against each other and I thought that was a beautiful scene right <clears throat> where she's okay not that I get almost getting your head cut off but you know that where you see that field and the headless uh horseman's coming through and she's She's in getting very, flowers. Getting flowers in a very dreadful looking scene, and that's what's great about Tim Burton is that he he sets up these scenes where they're such the beautiful scenes, like, but it's done with such dark and dreary way. Yeah. You know, like even in in Nightmare Before colors. Christmas, yeah. I know that he wasn't the director because I, I watched the whole special on Nightmare Before Christmas on uh, movies we love, right? You know, or movies that that made us kind of thing, yeah. That's on Netflix, it, right? Yes, yes, yeah. and it's good series. People, be, people keep telling me to watch it. Oh, it is. But I don't want to watch it because I don't want it to shade what we're talking about. Right, right. Here. But it, it just—he has a way of doing beautiful scenes, but dreadfully, mm. you know. And and so we're right when you know before the church scene, right before she's getting her head, quote unquote, cut off. Right. You know, you're seeing the field out there. She's picking flowers, and she's wearing kind of a bright—I think it's a blue dress. Uh, was it a blue? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not the black and white yeah. one. Yeah. And so it's just very beautiful scene, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like I, I I love this scenery. I yeah. love the scenery, and but that field, it was just right when the horseman. You see the horseman coming yeah. down, and she's and he's like she's bent over picking up flowers. And yeah, and and you you just automatically you're like, okay, she got her head cut off. But you know, in a way, I knew it was her in the long run because you know when she got her hand cut. That kind of threw me off right there. I'm like, okay, she's dealing with a lot of things, so she's, well, she's probably... suspicious right out because yeah. you don't see her much. Right, right. And from the beginning, you're kind of introduced to her, but you're you really just kind of looking over. She's not given any kind of time, no. whereas everybody else is being given time. Yeah, yeah. And so you're just kind of like, ah, oh, it's kind of weird. And then whenever I think I realized it when he woke up and Christina Ricci wasn't watching over him, but she was. Yeah. She went to go sleep yeah. and. Everything, I was like, oh, she did it. Yeah. And that was before the whole hand thing. Yeah. But, I don't know, she just, she has a look of someone who's up to somebody <laughs> or something, too. Uh, so, it's blonde hair, blue eyes, girls, that you have to watch out <laughs> well, for. Well, and that's the thing, is that, you know, it always looks weird when you have someone like Christina Ricci with dark, dark complexion, right? <sighs> dark hair, dark eyebrows, and dark eyes. So, in this movie, they made her blonde, they bleached her eyebrows to make them blonde, but yeah. she still has the dark eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and so it it makes it and yeah it throws you off because it doesn't look right if somebody's like that usually their complexion they have blue or green yeah. eyes so when they have the dark brown eyes like that you, it, it makes them stand out like they're unique but getting back to what you were saying about that scene I like it because Michael Gambit just got, he couldn't say anything yeah. he didn't even like yeah. cry out he was just like that's my I mean I know you're going to ask it but that's my favorite scene of the movie okay you know so before that uh, how does she call him Exactly. Unless she keeps that, that skull right up under it, her dress. I don't know if there's a spell or if she speaks to the skull, because what was the point of making out with the... Well, if you look at Johnny Depp, when he holds up that skull, he automatically says, 
He says horseman, and then he freezes. The horseman freezes. So it's not. I don't think it's like a spell. I mean, she might have initially put a spell on it to to make this all happen. Maybe. Well, when you know how she controls the horseman. Well, I, when I was watching this time, I know she cut her arm when she was making out with yeah. Jeffrey Jones, dude, and then wiped the blood on him. So I was like, oh, maybe she marks him with blood, and and you know that's who he has to go after or something, but. Jeffrey Jones didn't even die that way. He died, you know, by the elders killing each and, other. And, and plus, stuff, like so. I said, when when I said when right before he ha- he handed the sent the skull over through the skull at the horseman Johnny Depp, he told the horseman to stop right before he was going to kill. Yeah, well, he just says horseman. Yeah, he stops and, and, and he, he pushes her aside. But he didn't. But he kind of almost like reaches out, like, "Hey, give me that!" Like, how did he know Johnny Depp was going to give yeah. him the skull? Yeah, and that's why I think that I don't think there's any kind of blood ritual or anything. I think it's uh, just a matter of holding the skull. And how do you communicate? And how do you communicate what you want? Because remember, he's cutting off people's heads. Okay, that's pretty simple. But what what command would she have given him to say, "Walk up behind me and act like you're going to cut off my head until my husband runs away, and then go back to your hole"? We're definitely getting into that whole. That's the Rachel moment. We, yeah, that's the Rachel. <laughs> I'm telling moment. you, man, I'm yeah, going to get that. It's going to be like a doon, 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 yeah, yeah, that's, Rachel yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, that's like the that. Rachel moment because it's very. Uh, you just kind of have to accept it. I guess yeah, so because I'm like, it. I'm like, you talk to the school, you say, okay, this is what I want you to do. Come up behind me like you're going to cut off my head, but don't do it. Yeah. Just wait until the other guy to run away, and then you can go back to your hole. And then pull the weeds in my garden later on. Yeah. And while you're at it, grab this, take it back to me. Take out the trash while yeah. you're at it. And yeah. if he had a head, he'd be going. <laughs> I know. Rolling, he's rolling his eyes in his skull right. as the, she's holding the, it. The, the eyes that he doesn't have anymore. Yes, correct. So. What's your favorite part of this movie? Uh, that's a hard <laughs> one. Um, no, I think it's, that feel, it's definitely that field scene. You know, The field scene? Yeah. Yeah. Mine is the chase. It's a great chase. Yeah. Did you know Johnny Depp did that stunt yes, he by did. himself? He yeah. had like a bulletproof vest or something like that. You know, Christopher Walken could not ride a horse. No, Christopher. Yeah, Christopher Walken. I was like getting him and Christopher Lee confused because I was like, Chris, I know Christopher Lee. Can. And you get a character who. But he barely, waited, barely he waited until he was movie. hired first yeah. to say, yeah, by the way, I can't uh, ride it. And, and I just felt like there were so many times that he wanted to yell out. Cow, more cowbell <laughs> yeah. i just felt like he just wanted to yell it out i was waiting for it just, almost at points in the movie I, I really need more cowbell and i gotta tell you fellas you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound in here for a second please that that was gonna be a great track guys what's the deal uh are, are you sure that was sounding okay i'll be honest fellas it was sounding great but i could have used a little more cowbell <laughs> i'd show that uh, i said that to somebody at work the other day they didn't get the reference and i'm like have you been living on mars or something every age group have should get that ever show. heard this this band as yeah. well <laughs> so uh i guess i never told you who plays the headless horseman it's ray park the guy who plays darth maul what yeah 
the guy who plays Darth Maul, and he played Toad. That's how he was able to use the weapons as well as he yeah. could. So that's why he looks so badass so wielding those too. weapons, because Ray Park's badass. And he's not a big guy either, really. No, yeah. and that's why I was saying he's so short yeah. that, and I didn't say so short, but you know, he's not a tall guy, so he can fit and have that jacket over his head and still look intimidating. He also, his worst role would have to be Toad in X-Men. I'm sorry. It was pretty bad. It, what about probably... X versus Sever? Do you remember that? Uh-uh. Ballistic X versus Sever. What's that? Basically, Lucy Liu versus uh, Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah. Real terrible movie. Yes. Real terrible. Yes. But then in the end, Lucy Liu and Ray Park have an awesome fight scene. Oh, it's, nice. It's basically the, the nice. Only, only thing to watch that movie for. Yeah. And it's like one of the rare times that you actually get to see Ray Park as himself yeah. fight. Yeah. And not covered in makeup or with a headless horseman everywhere. coat over him. Or so gross. toad makeup on yeah. him where Being he's not actually doing any kind of martial arts or anything do you, do you is he gonna be in um uh obi-wan he needs to be i i i know a lot of people are talking about it because but he would be half half humanoid half robot though mm-hmm. at this point i mean they can hide that i mean that's what's darth vader's that way yeah you know true. he's he's more more machine now than man <laughs> twisted and evil you can insert there too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this is a great movie. It's a good. It's good for the Halloween sp- season. It's a spooky movie. It's a horror it movie is. without be without the. Okay, there are references to uh, you know certain evil entities yeah. in this movie that this I a, don't like, but yeah. it's it it take it almost just Tim Burton has a way of taking the edge off of horror yeah. movies to where it's not you don't feel you're like awful after watching it or or whatever because of just the awful things you've seen where it's more just like uh oh that's cartoonish you know kind of there's no cartoonish in this film like like a lot of term burton's film i that's something we were talking about earlier too about but um not as much silliness in this one as there was and it's and it's a true halloween film yeah it's got all the aspects beetlejuice that's a comedy yeah halloween film yeah this one is a true halloween film right with some funny parts right but no christmas lights anywhere to be seen i mean you can get some of these horror movies it's a period yeah and uh you know he has like the ambiance of tim burton tim burton you think of sleepy hollow and creepy movies and the brothers grim and stuff like like if they ever made a tv show based on the stories from the brothers grim you know i think tim burton should go to tv directing because he should be the one to do it yeah i mean and this is like a lot of this is the same thing as sweeney todd it yeah. has the same feel pieces, to it, and the, 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 the atmosphere, of the and, fog, yeah, and costumes. the darkness, and yeah. it's it's really good. So, uh, so do you watch this often? Every yes, Halloween, I something like do. that. I actually do. I love this movie. I, I I love the story because again, you know, as a kid, I I did watch the the uh, the what is like I don't remember the Halloween. Ichabod Crane. It's like Ichabod and the Toad or something, yeah, like, that. something like that. Well, th- I think there's like two of them because yeah. I think there's Ichabod Crane and the Toad. And the, uh, Ichabod and the Toad or something like that and then this, there's the book is actually called Ichabod Crane uh, or Sleepy Hollow or something yeah. like that yeah the legend of Sleepy Hollow but uh, I only watched this a couple times or maybe well probably a few times since it came out and I've enjoyed it but ever since we tried talking about it a year and a half ago I've yeah. watched it more often and have decided that I'm going to watch it every Halloween yeah. my, and, my wife's mad we didn't do Sweeney Todd because she had seen uh Sleepy Hollow like three times in the last couple months, she said. And so she's like, I wanted to watch Sweeney Todd. Well, tell her that we're probably going to be doing that in February. 
We're gonna be, I did, and she she doesn't understand the the uh, reference for it. It's because we're doing it's like that doesn't make any sense. We're doing movies about love stories that aren't love stories. Yes, like uh, we have to do Idle Hands. I'm just saying. Yeah. Even though Sweeney Todd is more about his daughter, so I guess it's not really a love story. He doesn't really fall in love with Helena Bonham Carter. It's it's weird. I don't know. She's like his age. Anyways. It's about him losing love, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it's I, I really enjoy this movie, and I'm going to watch it every time. My, my son really enjoys it. It's one of those movies, like I said with Tim Burton, where it's horror. It's good for the spooky season, but it's, truly it's just movie. it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at the Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter, we're at the Post Credit. Our email address is the Post Credit Podcast at gmail.com. We have a website, it's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me a bone.